Part three of The Willow Walk by Sinclair Lewis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. The inhabitants of Rosebank were familiar with the occasional appearances of John Holt, the eccentric recluse, and they merely snickered about him when on the saturday evening following the friday that has been chronicled he was seen to come out of his gate and trudge down to a news and stationery shop on main street he purchased an evening paper and said to the clerk you can have the morning herald delivered at my house every morning twenty seven humbert avenue yet yeah, i know where it is thought you had kind of a grouch on newspapers said the clerk pertly ah did you indeed the herald every morning please i will pay a month in advance was all john holt said but he looked directly at the clerk and the man cringed john attended the meeting of the soul hope fraternity the next evening sunday but he was not seen on the streets again for two and a half days there was no news of the disappearance of jasper holt till the following wednesday when the whole thing came out in a violent small city front-page story headed paying teller social favorite makes getaway the paper stated that jasper holt had been missing for four days and that the officers of the bank at first denying that there was anything wrong with his accounts had admitted that he was short one hundred thousand dollars two hundred thousand said one report he had purchased a ticket for Wakaman, this state on friday and a trainman a customer of the bank had noticed him on the train but he had apparently never arrived at wakeman a woman asserted that on friday afternoon she had seen holt driving an automobile between vernon and st clair this appearance near st clair was supposed to be merely a blind however in fact our able chief of police had proof that holt was not headed north in the direction of st clair but south beyond wanaguchi probably for des moines or st louis it was definitely known that on the previous day holt had left his car at wanaguchi and with their customary thoroughness and promptness the police were making search at wanaguchi the chief had already communicated with the police in cities to the south and the capture of the man could confidently be expected at any moment as long as the chief appointed by our popular mayor was in power it went ill with those who gave even the appearance of wrongdoing when asked his opinion of the theory that the alleged fugitive had gone north the chief declared that of course holt had started in that direction with the vain hope of throwing pursuers off the scent but that he had immediately turned south and picked up his car though he would not say so definitely the chief let it be known that he was ready to put his hands on the fellow who had hidden holt's car at wanaguchi when asked if he thought holt was crazy the chief laughed and said yes he's crazy two hundred thousand dollars worth i'm not making any slams but there's a lot of fellows among our political opponents who would go a whole lot crazier for a whole lot less the president of the bank however was greatly distressed and strongly declared his belief that holt who was a favorite in the most sumptuous residence on the boulevard besides being well known in local dramatic circles and who bore the best of reputations in the bank was temporarily out of his mind as he had been distressed by pains in the head for some time past meantime the bonding company 
which had fully covered the employees of the bank by a joint bond of two hundred thousand dollars had its detectives working with the police on the case as soon as he read the paper john took a trolley into vernon and called on the president of the bank john's face drooped with the sorrow of the disgrace the president received him john staggered into the room groaning i have just learned in the newspaper of the terrible news about my brother i have come we hope it's just a case of aphasia we're sure he'll turn up all right insisted the president i wish i could believe it but as i have told you jasper is not a good man he drinks and smokes and play-acts and makes a god of stylish clothes good lord that's no reason for jumping to the conclusion that he's an embezzler i pray you may be right but meanwhile i wish to give you any assistance i can i shall make it my sole duty to see that my brother is brought to justice if it proves that he is guilty good on you mumbled the president despite this example of john's rigid honor he could not get himself to like the man john was standing beside him thrusting his stupid face into his the president pushed his hair a foot farther away and said disagreeably as a matter of fact we were thinking of searching your house if i remember you live in rosebank yes and of course i shall be glad to have you search every inch of it or anything else i can do i feel that i share fully with my twin brother in this unspeakable sin i'll turn over the key of my house to you at once there is also a shed at the back where jasper used to keep his automobile when he came to see me he produced a large rusty old-fashioned door key and held it out adding the address is twenty-seven humbert avenue rosebank oh it won't be necessary i guess said the president somewhat shamed irritably waving off the key but i just want to help somehow what can i do who is in the language of the newspapers who is the detective on the case i'll give him any help tell you what you do go see mr scanlon of the mercantile trust and bonding company and tell him all you know i shall i take my brother's crime on my shoulders otherwise i'd be committing the sin of cain you are giving me a chance to try to expiate our joint sin and as brother jeremiah bonfish was wont to say it is a blessing to have an opportunity to expiate a sin no matter how painful the punishment may seem to be to the mere physical being as i may have told you i am an accept member of the soul hope fraternity and though we are free from cant and dogma it is our firm belief then for ten dreary minutes john holt sermonized quoted forgotten books and quaint ungenerous elders twisted bitter pride and clumsy mysticism into fanatical spider-web the president was a churchgoer an ardent supporter of missionary funds for forty years a pew-holder at st simeon's church but he was alternately bored to a chill shiver and roused to wrath against this self-righteous zealot when he had rather rudely got rid of john holt he complained to himself curse it i oughtn't to but i must say i prefer jasper the sinner to john the saint Oof, what a smell of damp cellars the fellow has he must spend all his time picking potatoes say by thunder i remember that jasper had the infernal nerve to tell me once that if he ever robbed the bank i was to call john in i know why now john is the kind of egotistical fool that would muddle up any kind of a systematic search 
well jasper sorry but i'm not going to have anything more to do with john than i can help john had gone to the mercantile trust and bonding company had called on mr scandling and was now wearying him by a detailed and useless account of jasper's early years and recent vices he was turned over to the detective employed by the bonding company to find jasper the detective was a hard noisy man who found john even more tedious john insisted on his coming up to examine the house in rosebank and the detective did so but sketchily trying to escape john spent at least five minutes in showing him the shed where jasper had sometimes kept his car he also attempted to interest the detectives in his precious but spotty books he unlocked one section of the case dragged down a four-volume set of sermons and started to read them aloud the detective interrupted yeah that's great stuff but i guess we aren't going to find your brother hiding behind those books the detective got away as soon as possible after insistently explaining to john that if they could use his assistance they would let him know if i can only expiate yeah sure that's all right wailed the detective fairly running toward the gate john made one more visit to vernon that day he called on the chief of city police he informed the chief that he had taken the bonding company's detective through his house but wouldn't the police consent to search it also he wanted to expiate the chief patted john on the back advised him not to feel responsible for his brother's guilt and begged skip along now very busy as john walked to the soul hook meeting that evening dozens of people murmured that it was his brother who had robbed the lumber national bank his head was bowed with a shame at the meeting he took jasper's sin upon himself and prayed that jasper would be caught and receive the blessed healing of punishment the others begged john not to feel that he was guilty was he not one of the sole hope brethren who alone in this wicked and perverse generation were assured of salvation on thursday on saturday morning on tuesday and on friday john went into the city to call on the president of the bank and the detective twice the president saw him and was infinitely bored by his sermons the third time he sent word that he was out the fourth time he saw john but curtly explained that if john wanted to help them the best thing he could do was to stay away the detective was out all four times john smiled meekly and ceased to try to help them dust began to gather on certain candy boxes on the lower shelf of his bookcase save for one of them which he took out now and then always after he had taken it out a man with faded brown hair and a wrinkled black suit a man signing himself r j smith would send a fair-sized money order from the post office at south vernon to john home at rosebank as he had been doing for more than six months these money orders could not have amounted to more than twenty-five dollars a week but that was even more than an ascetic like john holt needed by day john sometimes cashed these at the rosebank post office but usually as had been his custom he cashed them at his favorite grocery when he went out in the evening in conversation with the commuter neighbor who every evening walked out and smoked an after-dinner cigar in the yard at the right john was frank about the whole lamentable business of his brother's defalcation he wondered he said if he had not shut himself up with his studies too much and neglected his brother the neighbor ponderously advised john to get out more 
john let himself be persuaded at least to the extent of taking a short walk every afternoon and of letting his literary solitude be disturbed by the delivery of milk meat and groceries he also went to the public library and in the reference room glanced at books on central and south america as though he was planning to go south some day but he continued his religious studies it may be doubted if previous to the embezzlement john had worked very consistently on his book about revelation all that the world had ever seen of it was a jumble of quotations from theological authorities presumably the crime of his brother shocked him into more concentrated study more patient writing for during the year after his brother's disappearance a year in which the bonding company gradually gave up the search and came to believe that jasper was dead john became fanatically absorbed in somewhat nebulous work the days and nights drifted together in meditation in which he lost sight of realities and seemed through the clouds of the flesh to see flashes from the towered cities of the spirit it has been asserted that when jasper holt acted a role he veritably lived it no one can ever determine how great an actor was lost in the smug bank teller to him were imperial triumphs denied yet he was not without material reward for playing his most subtle part he received ninety seven thousand dollars it may be that he earned it certainly for the risk entailed it was but a fair payment jasper had meddled with the mystery of personality and was in peril of losing all consistent purpose of becoming a wandering jew of the spirit a strangled body walking End of part three